So Tom Hanks is actually related to Abraham Lincoln. Uh, she's related to his mother. Hanks is Abraham... Okay, I'm just going to start over again. Oh my gosh. Stick to the script, honey. I got to get a better script writer. Jen, you're fired. Jen, you're rehired. <laughs> okay. So, I decided to pull an episode that was recorded from the past into the present. This was actually the first true podcast episode that I recorded in my bed, and I had just been holding it so I could drop a series of welcome to me type episodes before it, but then I realized how much self-doubt and self-esteem were coming into play since I launched the podcast and decided to put it out now. So when you hear me introducing myself, and you can hear the innocence of someone who has not yet submitted their innermost thoughts for public podcast consumption, you'll know why. Also, after re-listening to this recording and doing some more research on the subject, I realized how vast and layered the subject actually is. Like someone could have a podcast just about the topic of self-doubt, not, not an episode, but a whole podcast dedicated to discussing the intricacies of something that so many of us suffer with. Well, for me, for now, since this is an autobiographical podcast, I'll start with my relationship with self-doubt, who and what I think caused it, hi, mom and dad, and how I work to combat it both successfully and unsuccessfully every single day. Here we go. Hello, and welcome I don't know why I'm saying that so slowly. I'm so excited because this episode is about self-doubt. How exciting is that? <laughs> Wait, did I tell you who I am? I'm Jen Gotch. Shit, sorry. I'm the host? I mean, that sounds so formal, but this is my podcast. It's sort of like a diary. Sometimes maybe it won't be like a diary, but for right now it is. Um, anyways, that's me. Let's dig in. Self-doubt. So exciting. You know what it is. You probably have it. Our parents did this to us. Just kidding, mom and dad, but not really. But you paid for my therapy, so I'm not that mad at you. But you still did it. Here we go. <laughs> I just hit the microphone. Here we go. Oh, I should mention, I just hit the microphone because I'm literally doing this podcast from my bed because I don't feel good, but I want to get it done and I want to do it while I'm in the throes of self-doubt because it's harder to talk about self-doubt when you're not doubting yourself that much. And I definitely have days like that. Um, that noise was the microphone falling over. This is a high-powered production. I wanted it this way. I was offered a studio, but I was like, no, I want to do it in my house. So anyways, I'm in bed. I'm in the pajama pants I've been wearing for the last two days. I'm in a sweatshirt that is stained with what I'm assuming is chicken soup. And I am... It's probably 70, 70 degrees out. It's a beautiful day outside. I can see it through my windows, but I'm fucking staying inside. I'm in this bed. I'm under the covers. I have my electric blanket on high to put me into a cocoon-like state. And we're going to do this. Let's do it.
Well, it is absolutely not lost on me that some of you listening might think I'm supposed to believe you have self-doubt. You have a podcast. You have a brand. You are so like outrageous on Instagram and Instagram stories. You seem so confident and so comfortable with yourself. How could you possibly have self-doubt? And I'll tell you how I can have it. It's quite easy, in fact. (laughs) But I have self-esteem. So you can have both. It's been proven. Someone, Someone proved it. It wasn't me, although I'm a great test subject. Uh, Self-esteem, in my mind, is something that's proven over time. It's a gift that you give yourself when you get up every day and you do your best and you put positive things out in the world and you strive to be a good person and you deliver on the promise of that to yourself. Then you earn self-esteem. Some people are just given this gift at birth. They probably don't have neurotic Jewish parents. Um... And they maybe get a little head start on some of us. I feel like I have been of average to low self-esteem, but I'm 46 now. So I've had several years, especially as a grown-up, of doing a good job at being a person. And that makes me feel good about me. On the other hand... I have done some fucked up shit. I have failed. I've been a jerk. I've made mistakes, both publicly and privately. I've been embarrassed, shamed, all of that. And that has perpetuated my self-doubt that started as a child. From what I can tell, self-doubt is often linked to like an outcome or a fear. And self-esteem is essentially just like how you feel about yourself. So that's the difference. I have both. You probably do too. That's okay. Let's figure out where does it come from? Where does this self-doubt come from? Again, this this is what I feel like happened to me. But I did a little research about it too. And I feel like this is pretty common amongst most humans. That's right, our parents did this to us. (laughs) Mom, Dad, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I feel like I won the lottery with parents. You guys are great. Anything that you did to screw me up, you did not do. On purpose, you did not do willingly. You were young. You were in love. You had me in your early 20s. And you just didn't have access to all of the tools that I have access to. So I don't blame you, but it is your fault. (laughs) So self-doubt is essentially a seed in our minds that lays dormant just under the soil of our brain, waiting for something, someone, an experience, a person, whatever it is, to shine a tiny little beam of light on it and give it just enough water to let it start to sprout. Once that seed pops through the soil and and has light all the time, which is basically like you're just exposed to people and things all the time and you understand it better, so maybe you're, I don't know, four, five, uh, 
you can sort of cultivate it on your own. You can, you can remind the seed how powerful it is and how true it is and how honest it is. In my case, I think it was a pretty consistent disapproval from a parent peppered with, you know, things that kids say to each other. You're stupid, you're dumb, you're ugly. None of it was valid. None of it was true. But all of it was enough to get this seed growing. Um, And then you kind of take over for yourself. You become your own self-doubt gardener. And you care for it like it's a precious, precious flower. It is, in my mind, the worst seed on the planet. Unless, of course you want to talk about white snake root, which is probably the second worst seed on the planet because you know what that seed did? It grew a plant that is poisonous that killed Nancy Hanks, who has no relation to Tom Hanks, but instead was Abraham Lincoln's mother, and no one even gave her the seed. Nancy was poisoned by simply drinking the milk of a cow Who ate this plant? Horrible, horrible seed that caused milk poisoning. Hi, Future Jen here popping in on Past Jen to correct one of her mistakes. Past Jen actually said that Tom Hanks was not related to Abe Lincoln. Future Jen wants to tell you that Tom Hanks is related to Abe Lincoln. He's related to Abe Lincoln's mother. Hanks is Abraham Lincoln's third cousin, four times removed. I don't know what that means, but it's on Nancy's side of the family. Also, it seems like I'm a Nancy Hanks expert, but I didn't know that much about her going into this episode, although I did visit the bed Lincoln died in on a school trip in the early 80s and have a picture to prove it. I honestly just got curious when I was talking about seeds and horrible plants and the seeds of doubt. So I googled something like worst plant on the planet and white snake root came up and then I found that story. So that's why I know a bunch of weird information about Nancy Hanks and white snake root. Back to you, Past Jen. Anyways, (laughs) I still think self-doubt's the worst seed. So there, white snake root, you didn't even win. Hi. Okay. Couple of things. I wanted to explain to you what a trigger is. So first, a trigger is an event that contributes to a change in a person's thinking, emotion, or behavior. We all have emotional triggers. They often bring up feelings of rejection, abandonment, helplessness, judgment, control. The list goes on. And as you can see, these feelings are very fun. Uh, Sometimes they are as simple as a very nonchalant comment that literally propels you into a multi-day spiral that might manifest in anxiety or depression, which I'm going to give you some examples of in just a sec. I'm still working on identifying my own triggers and understanding why they are there so I can ultimately render them powerless. But it takes some time maybe a lifetime. I'll definitely talk in a future episode more about 
why they are there, what causes them, and really dig in on how to eliminate them. For now, let's talk triggers. Triggers. Don't we all know about triggers? Oh my gosh. I think I'll do a series of 10 episodes just on triggers. This one can be the first. So these issues are often triggered, whether it's self-doubt, whether it's anxiety, whether it's a bout of depression, something usually causes it, whether it's a physiological trigger or an external trigger. Sometimes it's just a word. For me, this particular triggering of self-doubt was just that, a word. The word was tanks. Is it a coincidence that I just said the word Hanks and now I'm saying the word tanks? No, it is not. And it is rude that that even happened, but it did. So let's move on. Let me give you a little background because I'm not talking about an army tank. I'm talking about failure. So we've been talking about this podcast and on Monday I was talking to my producer, Serena, who... She's a wonderful woman. My mom is also named Serena. That might get confusing. But the mom Serena will be called mom. And the producer Serena will be called Serena. So that should take care of that. Anyways, Serena and I were talking. And we were, you know, talking about actually recording an episode. This very episode, in fact. And just seeing how it goes. And then we got on the subject of advertisers and how we would make that work and how we would handle it. And... You know, we were talking about different scenarios and she said, you know, and then if the podcast tanks, we would do this. And then I think she gave a really positive suggestion of what we could do and how it's normal that sometimes things don't work, but you can totally fix it. And I didn't hear any of that because I heard the word tanks, which means you could fail, which means you will fail, which means, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? How could you even have thought for one second that you would be able to have a podcast? You're a stupid idiot jerk that is unoriginal, that is talentless, that is valueless, that is incapable of doing anything like this. And now you're going to fail and it's going to be humiliating and it's going to suck and everyone's going to see and everyone's going to watch and that stigma is going to be attached to you forever. You are stupid. You are done. No, 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 no. <laughs> so... Anyways, that's where I am right now. That's where I've been all week. I've been paralyzed with self-doubt. And it is, just like I said, me being fixated on an outcome. Because up until that point, I had embraced the idea of a podcast. Because I really wasn't thinking about the part where it could fail. I really wasn't thinking about the outcome in any way, shape, or form. I was thinking about the process and thinking about how passionate I had been about trying to do something like this for so many years, about how it was actually happening, about how committed I was to doing a good job, about how much faith I had in myself and my abilities. And all of that got flipped on its ear because someone unknowingly watered my seed and it grew a little taller, and that's what happened.
Okay, now I'm going to give you my solutions on how to ease self-doubt. I am attempting brevity in this next section. So if you hear something that piques your interest and I don't talk about it for a lot, but you really want me to dig in on the subject, please email me. Do you know how to email me? I don't. I can't remember if I told you how to email me. I got an email address just for this podcast. It's jgok at bando.com. Uh, we say jagok. You might say jgok. Either way, send me an email. Tell me what you think. And get ready to solve your self-doubt right now. First things first. Let's talk about resilience for a second. I am very proud of myself because I am resilient. I have attributed a lot of my resilience to genetics. I feel like I have very resilient parents and I have very resilient grandparents. My maternal grandparents are Holocaust survivors and that was not an easy task if you look at the numbers. And I've always sort of been tied to that. But when I started looking into like what resilience really means, not just to me, I realized that I, I possess a lot of the traits that contribute to resi- resilience. Here are those traits. Optimism. I mean, I'm an annoyingly huge optimist. So that's really important in staying resilient. Finding your passion, plugging into your passion. People said this to me in my 20s, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But as I got older and started experiencing things and different jobs and different people, I started to understand what it felt like to be plugged into your passion. And knowing that even in this particular instance, I was very passionate about having a podcast. It was what was helping me avoid self-doubt to that point, because I was doing something that felt so important to me that the outcome didn't matter. Also, support system, really important. Friends, coworkers, family, yourself, Who's, who's getting you through? Who's being that voice that counteracts that dirty bitch that is self-doubt? Who's telling you you're good enough when you're telling yourself you're not good enough? That's important. Setting yourself up for success, whether that means taking care of yourself physically, emotionally, mentally, preparing for whatever it is that you need to do drinking that water, all of that helps you become more resilient. And finally, avoid triggers. Duh. I mean, that's the one. Listen, that's your biggest lesson. That was me throwing my notepad down because I was just like, I basically just did a mic drop because if you can avoid the triggers, which are essentially the water and light that will be Poured upon your self-doubt plant, you can avoid a lot of this problem. So you identify the triggers and then you actively avoid them. Anyways, so there you have it. Self-doubt solved that I threw the notebook down again. That's two mic drops in one podcast. Is that even possible? I feel like that's a world record. I'm very into medals and records right now. 
The Olympics are still on. By the time you hear this, it will be over. You will have forgotten. But don't. Look at me on the platform. Look at me wearing this gold medal, slowly waving to the crowd with a giant smile on my face, conquering self-doubt, conquering it once and for all. Thank you and good night. Or good day if this is daytime, but mostly good night. Well, hello there. (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to use my sexy voice. But I don't know if I have one. Anyways, as with most people who sleep with me, our next sponsor has fallen so deep in love with me. And, and actually, I've fallen deep in love with them. That's right. Parachute Home is back for more. We can't get enough of each other. If you happen to catch my first episode, then you know I went public about our relationship and how we have been sleeping together for months. And now I am here to confirm that we are in a serious completely monogamous relationship. I am literally not sleeping with anyone else. I don't know if you can figuratively not sleep with anyone else, so I'm not sure why I said literally, but it's a sad truth for me and a great truth for Parachute. They're all I want, and it feels great. And why, you might ask, Am I so in love with Parachute? You know, you wonder, is it because they're female-founded? Is it because their bedding and their everything are all responsibly made? Is it because it lasts for a long time and gets softer every time you wash it? Well, those are all good things. But that's not... The reason I love them because they make me feel special. They do. And who doesn't want to feel special, especially in bed, you know? So that said, I encourage you to go to parachutehome.com slash JGOK. That's right, Jagok got her own slash. What'll happen when you get there outside of experiencing the greatness that I'm telling you about now is that you will get free shipping and free returns on parachutes. Very comfortable bedding and bath linens. They offer a 60-day trial, 6-0, You can sleep with them, and you can put their beautiful towels on your naked body for two whole months before you decide if you want to get into a committed relationship the way that I'm in a committed relationship with them. And if you decide that you do not want this relationship, you can just send it back for free. That's right. Free shipping and returns. 60-day trial. If you don't love it, how could you not love it? But... Who am I to judge? You just send it back. Parachute, you guys know I love you. I'll continue to tell the world 
Thanks for making me feel special. Okay, back to the podcast. Okay, the moment you have all been waiting for, we welcome back Dr. Jamie and the amazing Serena to talk about all the horrible things they did to me. Just kidding. I really just wanted to have an honest conversation with them about self-doubt and to talk about how some of what they said or did encouraged my own self-doubt and that it might just be a result of overprotective parenting and ultimately not wanting to see your child fail or not achieve what they want. So it's precautionary, which is a very parenty thing to do. That said, we all know there is really no way to protect people from life. Life will Google your address and show up at your house, let itself in, and find you, even if you are hiding under the bed like Liam Neeson's daughter and Taken. Also, just a note, I recorded this quite some time ago before I realized that random facts and information might be confusing, so let me clarify a couple things. One... Angie is my best friend from high school, and she was a very good swimmer. Two, the rickshaw thing (laughs) is actually in reference to a job I had driving a pedicab in Annapolis, which will come up in a future episode. So stay tuned to learn more about the rickshaw thing. Uh, And finally, I've got a new drinking game for you. In this game, you take a shot when any one member of my family interrupts another member. Interrupting is a constant source of argument in our family. So enjoy, without further ado, from the beautiful Cascade Lakes in Boynton Beach, Florida, I give you Dr. Jamie and the amazing Serena. Take it away, folks. So I recorded an episode about self-doubt and obviously blamed all of it on you. Are you, Both you, of you. Both of us? Yeah. You, you said oh, both yeah. of us, but you were looking towards me. You were actually... You were looking right at me. Yeah, I was just... I was just... That's fine. Yeah, you're both at fault. Um, no. Uh, no, I think it's a lot of things, but I wondered if... Were there times when, that you remember where we said, you can't do this, you know you'll never be able to do this? I yes. I mean, verbally? Yes. Say, oh. Yeah, but I don't think that you meant it. I think you're not just talking about the rickshaw thing. (laughs) I can't believe you brought up the rickshaw thing. Was it? No, the I couldn't do the rickshaw thing. I I mean, I tried. Sure, I tried, but I but it is a pattern. But I don't think you're thinking of it through me not really being able to do something, I think that you're just worried that it won't work out. Okay, I admit. You actually don't think I can do anything? No. I was skeptical of you joining the swimming team. (laughs) I was skeptical of me joining the swimming team. Well, um... So you think that's part of um, extreme protective parenting? I do. So that's what I'm saying. I don't you you never really you didn't give me a ton of 
indications that you didn't think I had potential or could do things, but there were things that you did and said that made me think I couldn't do things that at least like, um, that's how you lit, a, lit a little. Yeah. Well, right. and that's, I mean, that's all you have, but especially when it's your parents, but it just flipped a switch of self doubt. But I think that what I talk about in that episode is like, there are lots of things that create that, that who knows what you're, what you're born with, what you're predisposed to. And then essentially your environment and your relationships and your interactions can really affect that. Especially when you're young, you know, to have like another kid say something awful to you, you, it might just get embedded in there for the rest of your life. And it actually doesn't matter how many people tell you, you can do something. You just remember. Yeah. So, but what was interesting... Yes, Dad, you In my defense... Oh, jeez. If you asked me something and I gave you an honest answer to my assessment yeah. of it... This is usually unsolicited advice. Oh, sorry, Dad. I, <laughs> what did I ask you about that you... Are you, are you thinking of anything specific? I might be thinking about the swimming team again. I don't remember... Was I mad about... I don't think I wanted to be on the swimming team. I think you guys so wanted me to be... I think Angie wanted you to be on yeah. the swimming team. And I wanted you to participate in anything. But so why do you think that gave me self-doubt? That wouldn't Well, have. that I might have said... Assessed the situation and said... You know, it's I had friends in high school that swam. And it is... Hard. About the toughest thing you yeah. can do. Yeah. And I may have said that. Yeah. And, you know, you could interpret it whatever way. But I was just, you asked me something, I gave you an honest answer. Yeah. Probably not thinking it through, will this destroy her? No, know? no, no. And I honestly have very, I re, my only re- recollection with the swimming team is that I didn't want to do it. But maybe I felt compelled because so, of Angie so or. Um, seed of self-doubt that was planted somehow. I, I, I noticed that when you when you left for school, your life trajectory, your path was like always trying something new. Yeah. And um, even like the sorority, and then presidency, and then even moving to Atlanta, and yeah. then coming back. Um, you know, your comfort zone kept getting larger and yeah. larger and larger. Yeah. So I, I, I don't remember that. In that part of your life that you were ever having self-doubt? Always. But I don't talk about it. So it's it's more like I'm like a highly um, functional person and I have self-confidence that was built over time through experience and therapy and all of that. But I still have a dialogue that goes in my head all the time of self-doubt. And so... But I guess I was curious if either of you possessed that, like if you have thoughts of like, you know, like, uh, you know, I don't want to give away everything I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil the whole, I don't, I don't want to spoil the whole thing. I think it'll be interesting if you listen to it and I can tell you, but I would, but here's what I'll say. I was talking to you super casually you didn't do anything wrong let me say I know you really didn't do anything wrong you were just talking I that's what I'm saying I don't think you you never really sat me down and were like you're useless you can't well maybe in a fight we might have said those things to each other but I don't feel like you ever seriously made me feel that you weren't going to support me 
any verbal fight with dad. No, no, but this wasn't a fight. Like, we were just talking, and it was, it was funny because I was getting ready to record this episode about self-doubt, and you were just asking me on the phone, like, what do you... Um, what is this podcast thing? Like, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? And I, I said, well, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to be sort of free flow, like journal, like it'll be like my stories, you know, but record, but voice recorded. And you said, but how are you going to do that without the video part? Cause that's right. what makes it so good. And I think I just said back like, Oh, I'll, I'll just figure it out. Or, I don't know. Right. You know? And, but then in my mind, I was like, fuck, how am I going to do it without the video part? No one's going to like it. But I don't think you were like, you can't do yeah, this. See, you were just asking a question. And not only that, there's a lot of things that I'll say off the cuff yeah. that are just silly. Yeah. But if you catch me in the thing that you need specific help with something. For sure. Or answers, the discussion would be different. I know, but that's the interesting... Of course, if I called you and said, Dad, I don't think I can do this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. This is... You would say, of course you can do it. You'll figure it out. It's not... It's definitely more... Like, I don't know if you guys remember when... When I... So when I ran for president, I didn't tell you I was doing that. Remember? And when you did, we said... How are you going to do that? You said, how are you going to do? be able to do that? That was the first thing you said. And I wasn't thinking of you being able to do it. I'm just saying, this is a mind-boggling thing. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You, I don't, that's why I'm not, that's why I said at the onset, like, I don't think you ever were trying to diminish anything I was doing or play into any self-doubt I already had. Obviously, I wouldn't have looked. what you needed. Yeah. I don't look like someone who has self-doubt because I put myself out right. there a lot. So you wouldn't even know to be careful about that. Right. But that it's like that those things, for whatever reason, those things are the things yeah. that implanted. Obviously, like a lot of the great supportive things Amazing and behaviors, stuff. you supported me for all that time. I obviously have always felt loved and supported. And that speaks to what I'm willing to do. But the self-doubt can be triggered by just a passing yeah conversational comment that means nothing so again it's not that i think you you know on your side of it you had just accomplished this amazing thing and our side of it you had never run for anything before so it was really you were shocked came out of left field you were shocked nor did you want to run for anything or wow i never you never like you didn't run for senior class or you never did anything so to become president like what yeah. You know? No, I get it. I'm just telling you how it, yeah. what happened to me from the, that. I remember the conversation. People say things to me in passing all the time that make me, will fuck me up for days. Yep. Just being like, shit. Yeah. But just, do you guys don't have that? Yeah. But then I tell myself things that I've learned that are, it has nothing to do with me. It's all their, their, um, Perception. Their perception. There's nothing at all. It's in their head. It has nothing Well, to I do rationally with know that, but I'm talking about like having that seed of self-doubt within you. Do you remember having that? Might be different now because yeah. of where you are in life. Right. But oh, do you yeah. remember that? I, mean, I never remember I have instances. Maybe you never had that. No, I, I don't think, think I'm I really wishing that I had your psyche. Well, I After just, talking like to I you did, about you know, not being afraid of being murdered ever. 
No, I would that was only teasing you about that. I, like I said, you know, that's like not part of my makeup. So cool. I'm so jealous of that. Okay, well, um, is there the anything, hook. well, not entirely, oh. knowing that you didn't do any of this intentionally, is there anything that you want to say to try yeah, and cure myself? I don't think down? I did any of this. <laughs> I mean, what? I'm like so careful about how I talk to you and, and you know, I think yeah. for the most part, unless I'm making a joke yeah, yeah, yeah. long and hard before I say anything, because I know that you guys internalize things. Yes. Yeah. Isn't it interesting, though, that even with all that care... Yeah. Well, totally you know inadvertent, can, at, like, not... You didn't mean to do anything. You can only do... I could only do as much as I can. Yeah. If there's something going on... Yeah. Yeah. Know, so. I don't want you to worry about it. Moving no, forward. I'm not. I, I'm not I, I'm, I immediately... But for like me, I said, I take great pains. I know And I do. tell Serena, when she talks to you... To be careful. That yeah. there's things that trigger her, and if you say that even in jesting, it's going to throw off for a month. And I know that. Yeah. Because I can hear the change in your voice. Yeah. But I, like I said, if I do it, it's just kidding. Yeah, around. yeah, yeah. And I try to say, hey, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, I, I think it's, it. right now it just, <laughs> are you slapping yourself? Oh my God. Right now, like in my mind now, I can have something like that happen and it's not, it happens with people all, like it's not isolated just to you guys. But now I'm at the point when that happens. What was interesting to me is I could go, okay, well that's, he's just curious as to how it's going to work. He's not saying I can't do it, but it's interesting where my mind went. And then it's interesting because I think back, I wonder how many times they were either innocently asking me about something or worried about something else. And it coming through in a question that I equated to something else. Oh, for years and years and years and years and years, and it just and then I thought, I'm sure lots of people have had a similar trajectory in their life, where whether it was their parents or a teacher or a sibling or a classmate that over time created this so place in their brain. The same place. Have you had a mentor that that balanced it out a little bit for you? No, a teacher. Just or friends. I mean, I definitely think having therapy helped get give me perspective on like, you know, thoughts versus reality versus perception versus you know, but no, I still have it. I still totally. A lot of things have happened recently that have just made me have complete self doubt over, you know, especially being in a place where I'm taking on a lot of new. But then you got to look back and say, well, I accomplished all of this, so. This is just another obstacle, yeah. and I'm going to get by it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Rather than that's saying, usually what I do. Yeah. Okay, so thank you for telling me about that, all that stuff. My pleasure. <laughs> we did it! Yay! We got through another one, and this one I think was good. I I hope that this serves as a reminder that even the most seemingly confident, successful and outgoing people struggle with self-doubt and negative self-talk. I definitely plan to dig more in future episodes since every day I learn more about how the brain works and how similar we all are and how our brains, that big organ we all have, can sometimes be a real troublemaker due to how we are wired. 
so finally, let me leave you with this nugget that a new friend of mine on Instagram gave to me. She's a therapist. Her name is Laurel. She lives in Kentucky, and she, she told me that she shares this with her patients all the time. On average, one negative thought or comment, so that can be an internal thought that you give yourself or an external comment from someone else, one one of those has the same impact on our mind as five positive ones because negative and positive thoughts are processed differently in our brain, one to five. It links back to survival and it's really interesting to think about. Okay, coming up, career path, creativity, our dear friend, travel anxiety, would really love to do a call-in show, but I still have to figure out the logistics after I figure out the logistics of the musical, all musical show. So who knows? Oh, finding a therapist. That'll be a good one because that's definitely been the most popular request we've had so far. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, download, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your aunts, tell your grocer. And again, send all of those requests my way jgok at bando.com. I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you here next Tuesday. Bye. What do you know about the after show? It's the JGOK after show. You don't know about the after show, but yeah, yeah, you actually do know about the after show because everybody knows about the after show. And that's what this after show is about. This after show is about the after show. Uh, Phil and I are on a walk because I was trying to uh, process through an anxiety attack. Now this woman wants to run me over. Every car I walk in front of, I think I'm gonna be run over by PS. Now my anxiety is on the after show because I was like, I gotta have this after show because I gotta have this pl- this free space to just like do what I want, say what I want, not have it edited or touched or just like spur the moment, just pick up my phone and just talk. Oh, now there's wind. Now I'm even worried about wind and sound quality and I'm worried about the after show and it not being cool and fun and no one liking it and then it having to go away and that doesn't even matter but it totally matters and I just want to do cool things that make people happy and that are interesting and original and it's really hard. Just a lot easier to, like, just stick to the formula. Anyways, most cheerful after show of all time. All right. Hope you're having a good week. Know what I'm saying? (laughs) Bye.